We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. And Jason, I got to start off with this question. What jersey are you wearing? Jason is almost always rocking Bulls apparel when we do this podcast. I see he's got a script Chicago jersey on right now. Whose jersey is that, Jay? This is a Jordan rookie jersey. <laughs> Pretty sick. Well done on that one. That's like, I, that's like the I don't collect many things. I've over the past few years uh, just been cl- collecting up Bulls jerseys, Jordan jerseys, stuff like that. So this is this is one of them. Very well done. Jason and I are here today to talk about Bulls Summer League. It is now concluded. Uh, the Bulls end Summer League at four and one overall. You would probably be surprised to learn that if you haven't been paying attention and just listened to our podcast. Because <laughs> in the last episode, uh, Jason and I pretty much ripped the hell out of the Bulls Summer League team uh, after their second game and their only loss uh, to the Knicks, who ended up making the Summer League championship game, I believe. Uh, and then after that, the Bulls looked really good uh, in the other three games. So well done for the Bulls, uh, closing Summer League strong. If you're trying to think about, you know, what changed, Dalen Terry started playing really well. Marco Simonovic found a bit more consistency. And I think the coaching staff just did a good job continuing to tailor the game plan. Was the coach Johnny Bryant? Am I correct on that? I believe so. I can't remember exactly. I should have that pulled up, but something like that. Um, Uh, Yeah, John Bryant. So uh, well done to Coach Bryant leading the Bulls to a four and one record in summer league. And, you know, when you pull up the official summer league standings, only three teams finished four and one. So for the Bulls to be able to do that, very impressive. Uh, Jason, what jumped out to you? about the Bulls run in Summer League uh, since that second game in our last episode when, you know, I think both of us just felt a little underwhelmed with the product the Bulls were putting on the floor. 
Yeah, it was yeah the that after we did our last pod, that was after they had just gotten destroyed by the Knicks. And like, I mean, they looked terrible. They really shouldn't have won that first game either against the Mavs. Like they pulled that one out of their ass. Like they were getting their ass beat in that game too. Had a big comeback, and the Mavs kind of choked it away. And then yeah, they played a lot better. I was not able to watch much of the rest. I caught some stuff on Twitter. Like I was at a Cubs game one day. I was out another day, so I I had to do some little a little catch up. But yeah, a lot of it, Dale and Terry, much better. I know Terry did have to leave. The last summer league game, it looked it was a scary non-contact thing. It looked like it might have been a knee injury. Obviously, when you see non-contact, you fear the worst. But uh, they said it was a hamstring, and there hasn't been like anything else that's come out that's been like, oh, this is like all like really bad. So it looks like he did avoid like a major injury here, a serious injury. Um, so that is good. But yeah, I mean, he looked a lot better uh, just in general. Let me, I'm trying to pull up his stats here. He started, he shot, even shot a little better. I know one of the games he had a couple three pointers. Yeah, uh, I got his stat up. Yeah, a lot of activity. Uh, for some reason, yeah, go ahead. Terry averaged 11.8 points on 57.6% shooting from the field, 42.9% shooting from three. Now he went three of seven. Yeah, low three. volume. But, you know, knocked him down. One thing I was going to talk about. Got to the line. 1.8% from the foul line. 18 yeah. and 22 from the foul line. That's nice to see. 3.6 rebounds, 2.8 assists, 0.4 steals, 0.6 blocks, 3.6 turnovers per game. And really, he had six turnovers the first game, seven turnovers the second game. And then he had three against the Raptors, two against the Hornets, and then only played nine minutes against the Sixers before getting injured. So, uh, you know, those are stats. You Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, just he started He started playing a lot better, obviously. Uh, those, yeah, those first couple games, there was just a lot of ugliness with the turnovers. Uh, and just he started just settling down a bit more. Uh, at least it seemed, like I said, I wasn't able to watch these games like super closely just based on the stuff I was reading, stuff of the stuff I, based on the stuff I did see. Uh, just not as much of the sloppiness. It was, it, was after, it was after, in that Knicks game, like he got really frustrated at one point. He had six turnovers in the first half. He was like yelling at the bench and then he had a really good second half. And he just kind of used that as a way to springboard for a really solid rest of the summer there. Uh, and that's obviously great to see. Obviously we, we I'm not sure about how much Dale and Terry will play as a rookie. Uh, obviously he did look still very raw at times and like summer league, we can't really make huge snap judgments here, but uh, if he is going to play uh, the energy, the transition play, the defense, that's the kind of stuff that's going to get him on the court. Uh, was the Bulls don't have many guys that are his size, six, seven, seven, two wingspan, maybe because of that size and that energy and the defense and the hustle. And if he can make be opportunistic on offense uh, with his uh, aggr- uh, transition play aggressiveness, getting to the line, like, I don't want, I'm not going to compare him to Jimmy Butler here, but like, that was kind of what like Jimmy hung his head on. Like when he, in his first year, he barely played, but like he took on some defensive assignments you could see that he had talent getting to the line, and it was nice to see Terry getting to the line a few of these times. So that was good to see. So those are the kind of things that he'll have to do. The, a lot of those little things, the energy, like I said, the, the good vibes, the hustle. Uh, so it was really nice to see him finish strong after that. Really, just that really brutal that first half against the Knicks was really rough. Yeah, I think, and hopefully know, he's healthy. Hopefully that hopefully that injury is really nothing. For sure. That injury looked really scary. Yeah, I, saw the clip. I think Darnell Mayberry tweeted it out. I missed that game live. And yeah, it's just like he's standing on the left side of the court, tries to make a move and just like immediately comes up lame, uh, exits the game. Definitely looked like a knee at first. Yeah. I think he was grabbing his knee, but they ruled it a hamstring. So 
that would be basically a disaster averted, but a hamstring can still be a bad injury. So hopefully it's not a serious one for Dalen Terry in general, though. I think I was talking on the last episode about how I think he still looks pretty far away. Uh, I'm going to stick with that, despite the fact that like he did get better and better. The more summer league went on his last game against the Hornets was the best. He looked throughout Las 20 Vegas. points, right? Something like 20 that. points, yeah. eight to 12 shooting two to two from three. Uh, five boards, two steals, a block, only two turnovers. He was awesome in that game. And the big change for the Bulls with Dalen Terry is that those first two games, they were really trying to use him as an advantage creator, like basically playing him as a point guard. And then in the last couple games, they moved him more off the ball. They're trying to create an advantage for him by the time he already caught it. You know, have him coming off screens, have the defense scrambled a little bit by the time Uh, He got the ball and started to initiate the offense. So I think that was a great move by uh, John Bryant and the coaching staff to get him in a position where he's going to be like more comfortable. So if you're thinking about like what Terry does as a player, I would brand him much more as a connector than as an advantage creator. I don't really think he is going to be the sort of guy you can just give the ball to and he's going to be able to like beat the defense with his first step, uh, be able to collapse the defense and then, uh, you know, have enough scoring gravity and playmaking uh, to like, you know, be a full-time initiator. I don't think that's where he's best. Where he is really good, though, is just keeping the ball moving on the perimeter, attacking in transition. And I was really impressed with his ability to get downhill when an advantage was already sort of set up for him. That was one thing about his game I wasn't too sure on uh, coming out of Arizona. Is like, is this guy going to have enough of a functional handle to be able to get in the paint? Uh, And then when he gets there, can he score? And yeah, he looked pretty good in terms of his ability to get downhill, showed some agility to finish around the basket, had a couple nice finishes throughout summer league, a nice up and under in one early game and nice, pretty nice mid range pull up. Uh, And the three point shot is going to continue to be a question mark though. Cause if you're going to be a connector in the league, you've got to be able to consistently hit a catch and shoot three. Terry's shot, while it did go in at an impressive clip, again, though, it's three. Yeah, seven attempts in four and a half games. I don't want to say it means nothing, but it does mean, like, almost nothing. Like, last year when we watched the Bulls, what we saw so often was people turning down wide-open catch-and-shoot shots because they didn't want to attempt a shot over, like, a a medium-level closeout, let's say. And right now, I don't think Terry is going to be able to shoot anything other than wide open threes. If there is a wide open three, I think there's a decent chance he could make it. Uh, But yeah, he just doesn't really project as a volume shooter right now. That's going to be the biggest thing for him. And I've been harping on it for, you know, a while at this point since the Bulls took him in the draft. But they really need to focus on getting a shooting coach, getting shooting development throughout the organization. You look at the roster right now, and we're going to talk about Lonzo in a little bit. We got another not super encouraging Lonzo Ball health update, especially if Lonzo is not going to be ready to go for the start of the season, which seems totally possible. You know, it's not locked in yet by any means, but uh, he's still recovering from the bone bruise, according to the latest update from our tourist card show during a summer league appearance. The Bulls are going to have so little in terms of shooting this year and the guys who would fill those roles are a lot of the guys they drafted and developed which were guys they uh entered the league with question marks in terms of their shooting ability so i think that the bulls got to do whatever they can internally to improve 
their guys as shooters. Because uh, Terry, I do think, brings a lot to the table. Like, yeah. I'm going back to the first game when he had that Lonzo-esque full-court outlet touchdown pass. Yeah. So in terms of his ability to impact the game in transition, I definitely think he's someone who can, like, fill the lanes and score in transition. But what's exciting to me about him is, like, the hit-ahead pass potential and, like, just giving the Bulls another guy who can get them into their fast-break offense. Uh, showed a little bit of that in Summer League. Definitely want to see more of that from him. Defensively, it's like, how good is he going to be? Can he be, like, an excellent defensive player? If he does that, the Bulls are will have made a very good pick, number 18, sort of regardless of how his shooting turns out. Defense is half the game. And in Summer League, I thought his defense looked good. Now, you know, he only had two steals and three blocks in all of Summer League. So you think, like, a truly impactful defensive player is just forcing more takeaways than that just by the box score numbers. But watching the games, I thought his defense looked really good. And it might have been the Hornets game where he had, like, an awesome recovery on a block near the rim. Uh, Just having someone with that length and that size who is playing, like, a nominal guard role I think is going to be really good for them. And the switchability is the other thing that jumped out. Like, in – a lot, a lot of times when you were watching Terry, he was playing like as the low man defensively or like, you know, playing in a corner defensively. And if that's going to be the case, he's going to be able to switch screens. If someone tries to like, you know, if an offensive player sets a screen for the guard, I think Terry's going to be able to switch that and be able to stick with the guard. That's where he was really good at Arizona was guarding smaller players. So in general, I thought Terry looked pretty good. Uh, certainly like the turnovers in the first two games were a little bit alarming. But to me, and some of that was him just trying shit, honestly. <laughs> yeah, totally. Which is what you should do in summer yeah. league. The summer league's fake. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> but uh, I thought he looked good enough. Like, basically, if your first round rookie looks horrible in summer league, that's a little alarming. Yeah. He didn't look horrible. I mean, he looked he looked a lot better than Io. And then Io ended up fine. So uh, Io really struggled. And I, I, Dalen had some issues. But the fact that he got better as time went on, I thought was that's very good to see. Like I said, good thing that it seems like this injury. I, there has not been another official update on this injury, right? I feel like I've seen nothing on that front other than they said, oh, it was a hamstring, and like, and that was it. Have you seen anything else on this? Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that we just really haven't heard much, which leads me to believe that it's fine, unless they come out with some like crazy update that's like, oh, no, we like tore his hamstring, which would obviously be a disaster. But as of right now, it seems like he's all right. He maybe was precautionary. Uh, it obviously did seem scary. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of injuries, since you did bring up Lonzo, let's let's talk about Lonzo before we get back to the other Summer League stuff. Uh, You mentioned that AK was on the broadcast, I think on the third game. Uh, I believe that was last week, like last Tuesday when they were playing the Raptors uh, on the, on the, he was on the NBA TV, NBA TV broadcast and he did the same old Lonzo is progressing, but then he let it slip that he says not at the speed that we would like and that they hope he's ready for training camp. I mean, that's just like definitely not encouraging at all when they say that it's not the speed that he's like, and they hope he's ready. That means he's definitely not ready to play right now. Clearly. And we talked about last pod, like, whatever, there's still a lot of time to go here, but like, uh, there have been like, like, this is clearly just a really trouble, troublesome bone bruise. And uh, it was obviously along with a meniscus tear and it just something in there was whatever. And that they're still, uh, and they're still having the, I think Casey reported right after that, then that he's still having the issues when he starts ramping things up, there's still the pain there and he's just not able to. Uh, the, the starts and stops, how Casey Johnson put it, and there's still discomfort when he's ramping up the workload. I mean, that's super troubling. Uh, I believe if we look at, was it Kendrick Nunn who had a bone bruise and he missed all season, right? Was yeah, that was, the injury yeah. he had? So, like, you wonder if Lonzo was going through something like that. Uh, I know, I can't remember which article. Someone sent me an article last week suggesting that he's going to need another operation at some point on this knee. I said nothing is set in stone there yet, but I mean, if he we're still going through the summer and he's still having starts and stops, still having discomfort uh, when he does ramp up the workload. I mean, you'd think that at some point they're just gonna be like, all right, we have to do something else. We have to go in there and do another procedure. Uh, I don't know if they're gonna like wait for that, like how long they would wait for something like that. Maybe he'll have a breakthrough at some point here, but I mean, this would seem to signal why they signed Goran Dragic. Uh, would maybe be why they haven't traded Kobe White is that Lonzo Ball just does not seem like he's going to be ready for the start of the season, which is a disaster, right? Uh, I was at the Cubs game when this news broke, had a few drinks in me, and like I, was tw- I tweeted disaster when I was reading some of this. But like, if Lonzo's hurt and he misses significant time uh, or a lot of time, I mean, that's kind of a disaster for the Bulls considering he's one of their few two-way guys, if not their only one of their only ones right now, uh, pre- at least proven two-way guys. If you look at the, some of the first Vegas odds for like win totals came out, uh, I think from points bet, uh, they had the Bulls at like 41 and a half or like 42 and a half. Clearly, I think that's probably taking Lonzo into account. I mean, that they won 46 last year, but the Bulls were awful the second half of last season with Lonzo missing time. But obviously Caruso was hurt too. Zach wasn't himself, but like Lonzo is just so important as we've talked about as that connecting piece, as that three-point shooter. 
uh, losing eight three-point attempts per game at 40% clip that he makes them is brutal. Not having his defense at the point of attack is brutal. Obviously, you have, I mean, in, in this case, may, if Lonzo's hurt, maybe Dale and Terry gets more time. We'll see what happens with Goran Dragic, who claimed in an interview, I think, over in Europe that he was promised 20 to 25 minutes per game. I mean, all this kind of stuff, just you put it all together, and, and this is purely suggesting that Lonzo's going to miss the start of the season and might miss a lot more time. A lot to get to there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we've been saying it since Lonzo got hurt, which was in the middle of January with a meniscus tear, which is supposed to be, like, basically a six-week injury, uh, depending on – Depending you know, on the surgery. Recovery. And he got the surgery that is the shorter one. But, yeah, it's horrible. Like, Lonzo is truly the linchpin of the Bulls' style of play. And regardless of how you feel about the Bulls offseason, I will say that if Lonzo isn't going to be a full go this year or not for a while this season, there is no one on the free agent market they could assign that would have been able to replace what he does. Lonzo's a wholly unique player. There's not that many guys in the league that can do what he does in terms of the volume three-point shooting, in terms of his defensive versatility, in terms of his ability to get the team out in transition. And that doesn't excuse the Bulls' shitty offseason whatsoever. I'm disgusted by the Bulls' offseason <laughs> this year and the fact that uh, you know they didn't spend the full mid-level exception because they treated the luxury tax like a hard cap. I'll just never forgive him for that. I think that it was just absolutely the wrong way to approach the offseason, given that they have first round draft picks out in 23 and 25. Uh, but at the same time, like they need Lonzo and no, n- nothing else they could do was going to be able to sort of replace him. So yeah, you just wonder like how, what, what could this Bulls team look like without Lonzo? I will say that when Lonzo was out last year, Caruso was also out. Yeah. For- obviously double whammy. Brutal. And Zach was playing on a bum knee. So if yeah. Zach's a hundred percent now and at peak Zach, like we saw, you know, two years ago at the start of last season, that'll be good. Caruso has been given all these quotes this week about how he's trying to train his body to play 30 minutes a game. We've been saying this on the podcast, Jason, yeah. for like a year that, you know, Caruso is phenomenal, but he plays so hard. Is it realistic to expect him to stay healthy the whole season? If he's right. playing 30 minutes a game instead of 15 minutes a game, like he was on the Lakers. So, and then, you know, how much more upside left is IO? I think that most people sort of view IO as, Hey, you know, solid player, really good, but like he probably doesn't have like all star level upside, right? right? Well, he is only in his second year. So, uh, Seth Part now just had Io as a top 125 player in the league. I thought that, that was a little optimistic for Io because he just doesn't score much. I think per 36 minutes last year, Io averaged under 12 points a game. And, you know, for your per 36 minute stats, like, dude, you got to be scoring more than like 11 and a half points a yeah. game, right? Uh, but I do think I'll definitely has some upside left because he was really solid uh, as a rookie and he should only continue to improve because what is he like 22 or something? 23. Yeah. Even if he's a little bit older, he's still a very young NBA player. So uh, yeah, they need him to take a leap. If Lonzo is hurt, like they need him to be really good. Yeah, like, like Drogic, forget that. Like I'm, I'm not optimistic on Drogic being able to give the bulls 20 good minutes a night whatsoever. I'm pretty like bummed out that the Bulls apparently <laughs> promised him that. And I think that they shouldn't hesitate to bury him on the bench. If it turns out that he doesn't have much juice left, 
I would much rather see them turn the keys over to IO and see what IO has than, uh, you know, giving it to Dragic at the tail end of his career. But yeah, man, the Lonzo stuff's a huge bummer. Uh, and the Bulls aren't the Bulls that we saw at the top of the East last year. Yep. Unless they have Lonzo fully in the fold. Absolutely. It is just a huge bummer. And we'll just have to hope uh, we get better updates across the rest of this summer leading into training camp. Let's get back. Let's finish up with some other last summer league thoughts. Uh, we had we have to give a shout out to Marco. Uh, he did finish on the second team all summer league. He averaged, I think, something like 15.6 points per game. Uh, we go 50.6 points per game, 50.8% shooting. He only shot 9.1% from three. Uh, 8.8 rebounds, 2.0 assists. He did have a really slick behind the behind the back pass and transition in one of the last games. 2.4 turnovers. He did have 4.8 fouls per game and like didn't really do much blocking shots. Um, I think with the Marco stuff, even though he had some really big games, I think he had 26 in that last game. I know in those last couple games, you talk about the Bulls go finishing four and one. I know. I think some of those other teams weren't really playing their best. Like the Raptors, like, I think they had like yeah. Do- Dolano Banton was like their best guy, and like, but then like the Hornets, the Hornets had I think they had Mark Williams playing. I mean, Marco did I think outplay him pretty soundly, uh, but he was okay in summer league. And then the Sixers, I, I think was it the Sixers that last game they weren't playing like any of their main guys. Like there was no B ball Paul. So like again, this is another situation where like Marco, we know that he can do work against G league guys and against bums. And that's kind of what he showed. Uh, he put up some really nice numbers here in summer league. So at least he didn't look bad, but I mean, he, we saw him do this in the, in the G league last year, puts up really good numbers and he did it here in some of these lesser matchups uh, here as well uh, in Vegas. I, I think in the, in that Raptors game, that was more like a total team effort. Marco didn't do much in that game. And then the last couple, he kind of turned it up again, but that Knicks game stood with me because in, in that game against a team that played multiple NBA guys, including an NBA center, Marco was completely useless. Uh, but in these other games, he did pretty, mostly pretty well. So it's like the questions I think still remain with him about whether he can actually cut it against NBA talent. The fact that he averaged five fouls per game and then, but didn't, and then stock wise was like under two. Uh, I think that is a troublesome sign for him being an effective def- defensive player as a seven footer when you're just not able to, get those, make those kind of impact impact plays uh, as a seven footer. That's, I think that is a red flag. Uh, clearly, like I said, I think he has gotten stronger. Uh, he does have pretty good hands. Uh, he's a good free throw shooter. He's a good, pretty good on the glass, good offensive rebounder. Uh, like I said, that's how I think the strength has helped him. Uh, has some decent skills. I mentioned the behind the back pass, but still just not really sure about him against NBA players. He's going to have to prove it uh, because we know that we know he can, he can do well against, G League guys. I don't want to call them bums. That's kind of that's kind of mean, but whatever. Against G League talent, uh, against NBA talent, talent, can he do it? Uh, we'll see. I don't know. Thoughts on Marco? Not super high on Marco coming into this year, but I thought he looked good in summer league. Like he basically gave you everything you could have realistically hoped. I think he finished second team all summer league. He did, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think that to me. He's kind of like a guy who's built up as a skilled big who's just not that skilled yet. Like, he's not a good enough shooter to really be a stretch five. He's a pretty good passer, for yeah. sure. I think our boy Brian Schroeder mentioned that uh, in our group chat. So, yeah, I, I think that, you know, there's some interesting stuff to him just in the fact that, like, he's a pretty big dude. The added strength certainly helps him on both ends of the floor. And, like, like do you think Marco can get – any minutes over Tony Bradley, like in case of an injury this year, like, are they going to Marco or are they going to Bradley? 
What like, do you maybe depending on the matchup? I and mean, obviously they got Booch and they got Drummond. I'm locked well, I'm saying, in like, as the top two centers. Hurt, like, you know, those guys probably aren't playing 82 games. Yeah. Maybe I would I would guess that they would hope to try him out this season. Uh I mean he barely played last year. So I would think in certain matchups at least, like that he'd maybe be the third string center. I know when that like when they face like really just whatever big centers, they need to use like a lot of fouls, like Embiid, Jokic. Maybe that's when they use a, t- a big Tony Bradley because he's whatever, he's seven feet tall with like a I think he has like a seven five or seven six wingspan. And he did okay in some of those matchups where he was just going up against fellow giants. But uh, maybe in other matchups, maybe they do turn to Marco. Like I said, he's definitely way more. I mean, you say he's not that skilled, but like he's way more skilled than Tony Bradley. He can actually catch a pass. He can make a pass. Uh, He can do some stuff as in like the high post and stuff like that. Uh, Some certain looks. Maybe they do look to Marco. I mean, I would hope so. He's good. Again, I've harped on giving Marco that guaranteed contract for several years. Like, so if you're going to have him on here and you've been building him up, you used all this time in the G League last year, he he better be be ready to get at least some minutes and, I'd be willing to at least give him a chance over Tony Bradley because I think we kind of know what Tony Bradley is at this point. Yeah, Bradley is still in the lead because he's an excellent rim protector, uh, all things being equal. Like you said, he's got great length. He's pretty stout inside. But Bradley just has, like, no offensive skill whatsoever, yeah. right? Like, terrible hands, just, like, doesn't have a ton of offensive utility. So Marco should have more offensive utility than Bradley. I don't think he's going to be quite as good as Bradley defensively. Uh, but I thought Marco looked solid. So I don't have super high hopes for him still. I mean, old, at the end of the day, what was he like the fourth? Yes. Yeah, he's a second round draft pick or something. The so, only reason that like the Marco stuff grinds my gears is because they gave him those guaranteed kind those guaranteed years. And like, he was taking, taking roster spot last year when like he shouldn't have been when he clearly wasn't ready, but like, otherwise, yeah, he's just a second round pick. They probably picked him as a, and they did this as a favor because of he's like, I think he shares an agent with Nicole Jokic. Maybe if they get Jokic down the line, it'll end up paying off. Or maybe Mark will end up being better than expected. If he washes out, he's just another second-round pick that washes out. And, that, and it happens. But we'll see. He looked all right. Uh, and this, I, yeah, certainly don't have high hopes there either. But at least, I mean, he did put on the weight. He clearly looked stronger. He has some interesting things, as you kind of mentioned. So we'll see. Anything else stand out to you just before we wrap up here? Justin Lewis had a few nice blocks. Offensively, yeah. he didn't do that much. Uh, only seven points a game. Didn't really shoot. He, I don't think he made a single three pointer, uh, but he had some really nice defensive plays. I know. I think our guy Will Gottlieb was like salivating over some of the blocks he was he was making. He he had in one of those games. I mean, Malcolm Hill was fine. We know what Malcolm Hill is at this point. I know Carlick Jones started summer league really bad and then kind of came on strong. Had some really nice games. Any other any other quick points you want to make in any of these other guys? I continue to like Justin Lewis. Justin Lewis's offense was pretty bad in summer league, but like you said, defensively he looked. Pretty awesome. A uh, great frame on Justin Lewis, about 6'7", 230, 7'2", wingspan or so. I think you could slide him up to like a small ball five or certainly the four. Uh, and he's like strong enough and long enough to be able to give you some paint protection in that in those minutes. The thing with Lewis is he's just like not a very good athlete. And that's in terms of like his run and jump ability. And that's why he was undrafted. But he was like third in the big East in scoring last year. So I think he is more offensive game. Yeah. I was, I was expecting a bit more out of him offensively, not going to lie, not even not knowing much about him, but it seemed like there should have been a bit more there. So we'll see. Yeah. I think he's got a bit more offense than he showed. And I'm generally like, I really like the fact that the bulls got him as an undrafted free agent, got him as a two way. Uh, I think I was talking on the last episode about how it kind of sucks that they got Malcolm Hill on a two way, like, (laughs) 27 year old on a two way. What's that really doing for you? Yeah. Of course, just in case of like injuries or more 
COVID exits, uh, Malcolm Hill can probably give you like, you know, 15, 10, 15 games where he's like, okay, part of the rotation. But yeah, I like Lewis. I'm excited to watch more of him. And yeah, that's about it. So I think to close this, Jace. Hold on, hold on. Is it Maker Maker? Mocker Maker? He had a few like decent games. I feel like I saw Stacey yeah. King piping him up. He had some three-point shots. Uh, good for him. I, I was... I mean, some of these guys, I mean, we'll see if they like go to camp with the team because I believe the two-way spots are Malcolm and uh, Justin Lewis. Well, I guess we'll see. I think it probably always changed that if they really want. Justin Lewis, I'm assuming, is guaranteed going to be a guaranteed two-way spot. We'll see if Hill keeps that. And we'll see if any of these other guys end up coming to camp. They can always come on non-guaranteed deals. We'll see uh, if they maybe end up playing for Windy City at some point this season. So uh, we'll see about that. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. You got anything else? We can r- we wrap it up here. Yep, that's it. All right. Yep. Yeah. All right. So now it's July 18th. Summer League is over. Uh, now we just wait for a while. We'll wait for Lonzo Ball updates. We'll wait to see if Donovan Mitchell gets traded. We'll wait to see if Kevin Durant gets traded and Kyrie and Russ and all this goofy stuff. Uh, I guess shout out to DeMar DeRozan for de- dominating the Drew League with LeBron the other day. Always, it's fun to see Demar taking part in that stuff uh, and having some fun with with that future bull LeBron James. Uh, but yeah, so now we just kind of wait. Uh, like I said it's kinda, we're going to hit the dead period here, unless there, obviously there's some big stuff that could still happen for the Bulls. I think we are going to be in a dead period. Not really much uh, going to be going on now for the Bulls over the next couple months. Um, so we'll do our best to keep content coming. And Ricky, you're moving pretty soon. When are you moving? Like a week to Iowa now? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that'll be big for you. So there's some big stuff coming for you, but uh, obviously we'll, we'll be, we'll be, we'll still pod uh, coming up here over the rest of the summer. Uh, but good luck with your move. I, I don't even know when we'll pod next. We'll figure it out, but uh, yeah. So that's going to do it for us here in this edition of cash considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast, as always shout out to the blue wire network. Please go check out all the other great pods all across blue wire network for us here at cash. Please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those good places. Those ratings help us out. Let us know how we're doing. You can also hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky is at SB underscore Ricky. So, like I said, who knows when we'll be back next time. We'll figure it out at some point. Uh, It's going to be pretty slow probably for the Bulls here. But uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. This has been Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. Take it easy. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.